0: Hello and welcome to the Home Assistant Podcast. This is episode 2021.9. As usual, my name is Rohan Caramandi, and with me I have Phil today. Hey, Phil. Hey, Rohan, how's it going?
1: This episode is sponsored by Home Assistant Cloud by Nabucasa. Easily access your local Home Assistant instance remotely for a small monthly fee that supports the Home Assistant and ESP Home projects. Configuration is done by the user interface, so there's no fiddling with router settings, SSL
0: certificates, or any YAML. So, 2021.9, what is new? First off, you may have noticed this if you already installed uh, 2021.9, but there is, uh, and if you use the energy monitoring, there's actually battery and gas monitoring in there too now. So uh, the last release basically added this new energy uh management dashboard or energy consumption dashboard however you want to call it but basically now they've they can now report on uh gas consumption so like natural gas or, or whatever consumption as well as any home batteries you might have so if you have like a tesla power wall or something like that it can now report on all of that as well um it's actually pretty cool i didn't i didn't realize that there's uh energy providers out there uh for for gas that actually report I guess via API or something like that, people's Mm. gas consumption, which is pretty sweet. So that can get pulled into uh, Home Assistant as well.
1: Yeah, so I think there's a couple of providers that do gas. And I think as part of this, there's also a new P1 integration or a P1 uh, monitor integration, which we we can talk about later. Um, But yeah, it basically allows you to read data from your smart meter via a special serial port. Um, So yeah, I guess that's another way to bring data in and I think there's as part of that release, they've also introduced new measurement units for gas just Mm -hmm. to make it a bit more standard, you know, just like they've had to done with the energy in terms of, you know, using kilowatt hours um, and tracking, you know, instead of just kilowatts, Um, same thing with the gas. I'm pretty sure they've just changed that around a little bit. Um, I must admit I was a bit disappointed. I assumed uh, for whatever reason that when they said battery tracking, it was going to be like all the battery devices around the home. No idea why I <laughs> thought that. But I was like, oh, yeah, cool. maybe they're like introducing a new energy dashboard to monitor, you know, all the states of your batteries. Because, you know, how many battery like yeah. sensors does everyone have, right? Of course. Um, so I thought that would be really good. You know, that's what i assume was coming. But, of course,
0: you know, home batteries and energy yes. batteries makes
1: much more sense.
0: Correct, correct. So if you have a backup yep. battery for your house or something like mm-hmm. that, um, they can monitor that. I wonder if that's also... No, it wouldn't make sense to monitor a generator with that. Like, I know a lot of folks have, especially when you're in like farm country or something like that, you might have yep. a backup generator uh, where you don't have reliable power. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I, I guess that's not in there yet. And maybe... I, I haven't even seen a smart one, which is like, like, what does it tell you? Like, hey, here's how much fuel's left. And
1: Yeah. Have you seen the, uh, the screenshot of the energy card when there's natural gas, solar panels... Electricity, battery, like all mm-hmm. these things coming in. Right, now, I, I don't know how much more. Like, it looks clean as it is. And I yeah. It's taken a lot of adding more
0: might make it, make it messier. <laughs> but, <you laughs> but, yeah, yeah. All, yeah, all of a sudden,
1: we started adding diesel generators and and all that. Like, yeah, I can imagine that would get uh complicated pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you have all of that too, you probably have a complex setup. So yeah, it makes sense that it looks complex. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's a it's an electrician's dream to work on your stuff at that point. I think <laughs> that's it. So
1: as part of the, uh, you know, the energy monitoring dashboard that we've seen introduced, it's now had a little bit of um, a change to the UI as well. So you'll notice up in the top menu bar, I think the settings section is now gone. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's moved into the actual configuration area of Home Assistant, but it has been replaced by the ability to change what time period you're seeing in the dashboard for. So you can now see, you know, based on today, you can see uh, by day, week, month or year, uh, Critical. Cool. This is all part of the new uh, statistics engine that Home Assistant has been rolling out with. If you've been paying attention in the background, Home Assistant has been started to populating uh, statistics in your Home Assistant database over the past several mm-hmm. releases, and I think this is now the first moving towards getting those uh, devices and systems, you know, being able to support those long-term statistics. So. As part of uh, this release, we're now seeing um, a few integrations having their sensor types updated to support uh, the long-term statistics. So that's include things like speedtest.net, OVO Energy, and decons as well. So uh, I think we're going to see a lot more integrations uh, moving forward, moving over to these new sensor types that have the long-term statistics. So, yeah, good to see work being done there
0: yeah no exactly and and even like for example just longer term statistics in the sense of like uh, I mean they they gave a example in the RC page um, which I'm sure will be in the regular documentation too uh, once mm-hmm. once the release gets out um, of just somebody showing like a stats graph from uh, you know their garden of the luminosity outside or whatever right yep. so yeah um, you know, it, it's first of all that graph looks really nice. Uh, so good. that's a beautiful configuration. Whoever did it, thank you. Uh, and uh, but no, it, it it is. I think I think the idea is how do we actually again even things like getting the average and like things like that and things. Uh, you know, I think I think there's a lot more going into that. But there's there's definitely. I mean, Phil and I were just talking about this off offline. There's definitely a lot more emphasis going into the. Energy dashboard and and a lot of that stuff too, right? So, mm. which is uh, pretty interesting. I'm very excited. Like, this, I think there's been a lot of focus
1: on this energy dashboard from a few team members at Nabucasa slash Home Assistant. Mm-hmm. It's definitely been a focus uh, over the next few years. I, I do like when you know a whole bunch of people you know get together behind you know, one project, and you know they've clearly they're focusing right now on this sort of energy reporting and long term statistics. I can't, like, I, obviously, I, I I love this. I can't wait to see what, you know, coming down the pipeline, like, because there's been so much, uh, you know, this thing just, like, literally came mm-hmm. out in mm-hmm. one release, right? And it's already an awesome dashboard that people can extend. Um, Yeah, I I, I really, I think the team at Nebuchadnezzar is now, now really hitting their stride, right? So, yeah, I think it could be interesting to see what comes out in the next few releases as well.
0: Yeah, and, and I think a lot of it comes down to, Phil, is... is... You know, they're basically where they kind of want to be, um, mm-hmm. for the most part with the project, right? Yeah. Um, and and I mean, now it's just little things, right? Hey, we got to touch up this little thing here, or we got to change up this little thing there, right? Bring me and and you know that constant process of bringing things to the front end configuration, yep. Um, as well as the as well as being able to do it in the back end, right? Because I know that's sometimes that's a complaint a lot of a lot of folks have is you know I like doing it through. Mm um i keep wanting to say cli but i, li- I like <laughs> wanting to do it through like my config files whatever yeah um and and you know sure whatever but at the same time it's you know they they the project has a look forward uh with with this kind of a model and and uh, there's a couple of things left to do but uh you know i think it it sounds like they're starting to ramp up in other areas as well right like this energy monitoring dashboard
1: mm, yeah so, yeah,
0: even like the the media player um, dashboard mm-hmm. is too like the whole media player
1: management system is now in home assistant, right? Like really yeah. cool like things that have landed this year.
0: yeah, Thanks we saw we yeah. saw there was a bit of a push for that for through a couple of releases, right? Mm-hmm. And then you know I think that's kind of where they want to be, which I think is actually kind of cool, right where where they basically have, okay, let's focus the next three releases on blah blah blah, whatever this yep. this yep. new feature that we have. And then bring it in, get the feedback, make some changes, bring it in more, um, and then just keep building on that. And then it's basically mainline at that point. Exactly. And then just little enhancements or bug fixes here and there. Yeah. Some of the other stuff that they've been working on, um, USB devices are now recognized. So when you plug in a uh, USB device, uh, something like a Z-Wave or a Zigbee stick that, that Home Assistant knows about, it actually gives you a little pop-up and says, hey, new device discovered, whatever, which is great. Um, I know in the past, uh, you know, trying to set up my decons or not Decons, Mm -hmm. uh, trying to set up my ConBee stick, uh, you know, you had to kind of go in and find the exact, like, device path and so on and so forth. It is not intuitive, right? So, um, I mean, sure, if you want to use some custom whatever stick or or something that's not generally supported, you can still do that uh, by that old method, but... Right now, if it's one that's supported in Home Assistant, you just pop it in. It shows up in the in the um, uh, as as a discovered device, and you basically just click configure, and off you go.
1: I think it'll prompt you, like you know, hey, you've inserted a you know, Z-Wave stick. Do you want to activate the Z-Wave integration? You know, and and go from from there. Yeah,
0: exactly. So so right now it works with Z-Wave JS specifically and ZHA. Mm-hmm. Right. So you know you have your whatever. Conby stick or whatever, you plug it in and it'll say, You get a little blue button. Same way, same way, if in if in new, like I don't know, Wemo or something that is discovered, yep. you'll you'll see a little uh discovered bubble and uh you click configure and and basically takes you to that right path and assumably fills in the blanks for you. So, I'm
1: guessing it's only available for uh like home assistant OS or uh maybe like home assistant supervised installation. So, obviously, you know, if you're running. Home Assistant via Docker or, you know, some other, you know, got it in a virtual machine, it's not necessarily going to have access to the host machine's USB devices. So, therefore, it's not going to um, be able to do USB discovery. But I do think that, you know, for them, if you've got, like, you know, a Home Assistant Blue or running it on, you know, a Home Assistant OS, which is, you know, them having as much control over the whole end-to-end system, Having you know USB support just makes yeah. that whole support for new users that are less technically inclined to just plug in a Z-Wave stick and and be prompted and away they go. Pretty
0: well awesome. if you if you if you pass it through, it should still come. Like so, my 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 Conbee is actually passed directly through to my Docker container, right? So it's in a yeah, VM, and then right. in the yep. in the VM, it's in a Docker. <laughs> it it's not the cleanest setup, but you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is that is it's passed directly through to my Docker instance. So in that case, I do believe it should show up, but maybe that's something uh, somebody can test because if I remove my thing, I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, then it's going to be, if somebody has an extra stick or something like that um, and, and you run a Docker container, um, just stand alone.
1: Mm.
0: Pop it in, let us know what happens.
1: Yeah, interesting. All right, so speaking of ZWaveJS, so there are updates to the wavejs integration with Home Assistant. Um, basically, uh, I found this a long time ago when I was running a uh, Z-Wave through a, you know, a proper Z-Wave USB stick and OpenZ-Wave back before mm-hmm. Z-Wave.js was even probably started, uh, was that you know, Home Assistant would be you know, great at supporting what you know, the version of OpenZ-Wave it had, or in this case Z-Wave.js at the time, Uh, you know, getting sensor values and all that. The problem was that, you know, if z JS implements a new uh, sensor or has support for a device that Home Assistant hasn't upgraded to yet, you're sort of stuck, you know, waiting for Home Assistant to go in and update the z JS underscoring libraries. Then you have to wait for the next release. And it gets really frustrating. So there is the support, and it's probably going to be for advanced users. But uh, Home Assistant now has the ability for... um, It's expose command classes, which is uh, what ZWaveJS basically uses. Um, So there's a new automation trigger type called ZWave underscore JS dot value updated. So it'll allow you to trigger automations of any command class value that ZWaveJS supports. So there you go. You can make your own automations against devices which are better supported in ZWaveJS but haven't made it over to home assistant just yet. So, interesting yeah if you've got that obscure australian you know south african version of uh, a air conditioning controller that home assistant doesn't recognize but it recognizes the us version you can you know somehow get it working in home assistant now mimic That's, it basically I, yeah i i know from experience i had to do i had to do pull requests into open wave because you know like literally it was the same device but the model numbers were completely different because, you know, of the regions, you know, yep. so I can completely see something like that, you know, having to happen for the same thing here, but good to see that there's a, a workaround now available not requiring you to wait for a home assistant to go in and update their z version.
0: Yeah, which is, which is really nice. Not related at all. Uh, There's now (laughs) a new service to complete uh, completed shopping list items. So basically, if you remember a little bit ago, there was uh, a new shopping list kind of feature that was kind of brought in. Mm. And yeah, so now you can use automations to mark things as completed. That is actually something
1: that I thought that Home Assistant should have had as part of, like, the initial... Right? Um, because, so obviously, you know, for people following me on my blog, I've got my... Um, grossy. grossy, automations, right? Like, I have, you yeah. know, every time the dishwasher runs, it marks, you know, one tablet from the dishwasher used. So then, you know, when it gets to a certain level in grossy minimum stock level goes, hey, you need to buy some more dishwashing tablets, right? having the ability now for this to then flow into a home assistant, like home assistant could then become my shopping list because I've got the home assistant app on my phone. I've got there's so mm-hmm. many places, right? I've got Grossi, um the Amazon Echo app for, you know, if we've said something by voice. I've also got, you know, um, home assistant as well, right? So now home assistant, can, I can sort of try and find a way to pull all that data into one list. Mm-hmm. And then if I tell the lady in Amazon Echo, hey, this item is, check it off the list. It can then be marked everywhere, like done. Um, even in grocery, right, like if I all of a sudden tell grocery that I've just purchased, you know, a new bag of dishwashing tablets, yeah. the minimum stock level will go up. It can then go and tell home this isn't, hey, you don't need dishwashing tablets anymore. So...
0: Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So, oh, because I guess grocery doesn't have a tie-in to uh, the Amazon no, um, Echoes. No, oh, unfortunately. Yeah,
1: and, and that's what I was hoping, like, Nabucasa could hopefully do, like, eventually mm-hmm. with their, you know, Amazon, like, with their home assistant Amazon skill. um right. they could make it tighter, because, you know, like, there's integrations with the shopping list in the Amazon Echo, I think, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. a lot of to-do apps do it. Um, yep. I think. Yeah, yep. the, so, the one
0: my our shopping list one uh mm-hmm. we use i don't remember what it's called but it it's got it in there too right
1: yeah right so just for i i hope one day that um home assistant can do that especially if this you know completed service is now in in that you know if i could have the home assistant shopping list and the amazon echo shopping list in sync that would be perfect mm. right um yeah,
0: yeah 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 that that would be nice um but hopefully one day yeah
1: one day i can drink right
0: That's right, that's right.
1: All right, so new integrations landing in Home Assistant. So AirTouch 4 is an integration that allows you to control ducted air conditioning systems that are using the AirTouch 4 controller. So currently the integration only supports the AirTouch 4 controllers with an individual temperature monitor control module, but I think that's pretty cool if you have that system. So Mm -hmm. ducted air conditioning, that can be, I'm assuming, uh, you can turn off ducts around the house and... Choose which room is going to be cooled and, and all that.
0: Yeah, that's actually kind of kind of neat. We've I've looked at doing this kind of thing before. Um, obviously, I don't know what an Air Touch Four is, so maybe mm-hmm. not with that specifically. But because we have we have um, centralized AC, yep, right. It's 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 basically all on or all off unless you manually yeah, yep. flip it, right? And and I I have seen uh, there's a, there's I don't remember the names, but there, there's a there's a couple of different manufacturers that make kind of like smart um, duct. Vent covered things. Mm. I don't remember what they're called. I've seen them
1: like um, further heating, like you know, your your Mm -hmm. heating um, things. But then I I, I don't know if this is like a myth or or something, but then I I remember when like these sort of started coming out, you know, maybe just before Home Assistant even started, right? Before I found out about Home Assistant. And a lot of people were saying that you shouldn't close your heating ducts because it can cause like pressure build-up going back into your heating system and yeah. changes, you know, what your heating system is designed to do. I'm not sure if that's true. Maybe it is for some older models
0: or whatever. I always, yeah, found that fascinating. I, 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 I've heard the exact same thing. So, but I I, I don't know. Like, I, a part of me is like, hmm, maybe I'll challenge that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and get it? just Because, cause like, for me, like, my basement gets freezing. Mm. Um, but my upstairs is you know, a lot warmer, right? Like, and typically when you go from down to up, you'll actually feel like a few degree, like Celsius difference. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. Um, And, and it is very noticeable, especially in the winter. So I don't know. It's uh, I've always thought to maybe do something like that, but that would be nice. Um, But yeah, it's cool. I'll have to check out the air touch for, I don't know what that is, but I guess you'll uh, find out. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Um, P1 monitor. So um, that's a platform that allows you to read uh, data from this from your smart meter um, by a serial port. So again, that gas or water meter consumption. So now the P1 monitors API platform is now integrated with uh, Home Assistant, so you can bring all of that stuff directly into your um, energy dashboard. That's
1: it. And if you're interested, check out uh, Marcel i'm hoping i pronounced that correctly um they created uh like slimmy lazy uh it's basically a little module looks like an esp module or something i must admit i've only seen it on twitter so i haven't delved too far into it but it looks like it is a device that is you know designed to make integrating any smart meters with a one port super easy at working and it plug straight into Home Assistant. So uh, it's on the Home Assistant Twitter. I'll leave a link in the show
0: notes if you want to check it out. But, yeah, that's cool. That's actually really cool. But, I see, I'm, I'm wondering where, like, I don't know what we use here. Oh, actually, if you type P1 port into, well, I I use DuckTuckGo, but you actually get Marcel's um, link. there. Like, perfect. The third or there fourth one down. So here, perfect. You know what? I'll, I'll, I'll put this in the show notes for us. So it's there. Perfect.
1: Do you think like so? And then I guess like, how do you find out if you've got a, a P one port right? Like, what would what do you do? Like, go out and I guess you'll just Google, you know, like for you around like you know
0: Toronto. <laughs> literally, what I'm doing. Now, gas meter
1: P one port, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Best. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but if you know, I guess if it's there, you can get that device, plug it straight in, and done.
0: Yeah, it's. I'm interested to see because I don't even think I have the. ability, Ability to Because I think for me, the gas meter is actually outside, I believe. Um, that's right. depends where
1: your, it. your meters are, right? Like if you're in an apartment block, you're, you know, it could be down in the basement or something, right? Where there's really going to be no ability for reception to be picked up for that Wi-Fi.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hey everyone, I just wanted to take a minute to talk about the Eufy Video Lock. It's a smart lock that's really easy to set up with just a Phillips screwdriver and no extra drilling. It's got a keyless entry, so you don't need to worry about fumbling with the keys when your hands are full. Also, you don't need to worry about handing out extra keys when you're in a pinch, your kids losing them, or people copying the key and passing it around to each other. Something else I like about the Eufy Video Lock is that it has a camera built in and it works as a doorbell as well. Personally, I think the Eufy Video Lock is great for apartments or cottages where you can't necessarily add extra holes for a video doorbell. My favorite part about it, though, is that there isn't a monthly fee and your recordings are locally stored, so you don't have to worry about someone else owning your doorbell data. You can find it on Amazon, or if you want to know more, search Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. All right, Attractive. So um,
1: Attractive is an Austrian company that develops real-time location trackers... ...for pets and other animals using GPS and GSM technology. Um, So the new integration allows you to monitor the locations of your pets... ...from within Home Assistant... ...and set up automations based on the information... I can guarantee you that there must be some other uses for those trackers. I'm guessing in cars, maybe in, like, why would you limit that to just pets? That sounds... <laughs> Your children, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, like, definitely. And there's got to be some people, like, this is where, like, technology gets scary, right? Like, you see yeah. the power of even in home, emotion, in home automation, right? Like, the stuff you can do in home assistant, you wielded with the wrong person, uh, can be pretty scary, right? And, sure. I think, yeah, that sort of device. Yes, I oh, cool. It's put it on the dog collar and away you go. But it's also—I don't know—it seems a bit stalkery to me. Yeah, yeah, but I guess it was just coming as a device tracker at home. Is real-time GPS? Logging. Yeah,
0: I mean the name itself, device tracker, is is a little bit yeah,
1: right, that attractive. How right. easy would it be though to be a private detective now?
0: Oh, I know, right? Just well, it's like it's like back in the day in the movies where you see that they like throw this magnetic like little gps tracker thing underneath <laughs> your car and like
1: yeah you, know, it's, you could you could now totally it's literally do that right just now. while you put a tile you um, a bluetooth tracker in someone's wallet and hope for the best
0: well i don't know i don't know if you've seen those things where um people have been like so there's one guy that uh got a bunch of the apple um air tags and mm. because because Again, the Apple ecosystem is so large, You yes, anybody you with a somewhat modern iPhone can track your thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, uh, some guy mailed it to, uh, he sent it a couple of times to like North Korea, uh, just to see how it gets there and whatever. And then yep. he sent it to uh, Apple. I think he sent it to Tim Cook. And he actually like followed it all the way through. So you could actually see in the airport, you could actually see... Wow. The, where it is which is pretty cool i mean i i i was actually thinking of picking up a couple of these um as as much as i think that eh, they're not super overpriced for what they are but they're not the cheapest but you know for like luggage and stuff like that for when when Mm. you know eventually i can travel again hopefully (laughs) um yeah like because it seems great right if somebody loses your luggage it's 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 you go hey it's actually right here in this in this airport or in yeah, this you middle the middle of the this airport, runway right? where yeah. you forgot it yeah so interesting but yeah i digress
1: all right uh some what have we got in other noteworthy changes right
0: yeah so some other yeah some other noteworthy changes um so there's a bunch of stuff that's moving to the ui config um, so the YAML config will be imported and removed for mm. NanoLeaf, the NMap tracker, the Rainforest Eagle uh, integration, as well as the Uptime Robot integration. So all of those will be moving to the UI. Um, the nice thing is it kind of is automatically done for you. Mm. Um, but just double check your config. I would say just just in case um, you do have it in there twice, but it should uh, it should all be. Handled. Automatically. This is something,
1: too, that I, I like. Like, we were talking before about how, um, you know, Home Assistant's you know, hitting their stride in, in some mm-hmm, aspects. Mm-hmm. I do like that, yes, a lot of things are moving away from YAML in terms of the conv- configuration, but they're not, you know, they haven't just gone and said, right, that's it. This release, yeah. everything is moving over to the UI. It's, you know, progressively, you know, slowly um integrations are moving over and that's sort of yes it might take longer like it's probably we've been talking about this for a year, right? But at least it's not, not you know more. breaking yeah. changes for every single user on one release, right? Like yep. you know, not everyone's gonna have a nanoleaf integration or a rainforest eagle integration. And so, you know, yes, some people get hit, you know, hard on one release, but then you could go three, four releases without needing to worry about any of this for a while. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, I think this is another, like it's great in terms of managing broken changes and managing users' expectations as well. So I think that's been handled pretty well, too. yeah. um, simply safe locks now get jammed support. So we talked about the jam support being added in the last release. Um, so now simply save locks now have that new state of jammed. There was a uh, I think there was a, an attribute that was added into the lock, so you could denote, you know, is this lock in a jammed state? Yep. I believe that's now breaking change for this release. Um, so you'll now use the jammed state instead of relying on that attribute to determine
0: what the state of the simply safe lock is in. Yeah, I think we talked about that last episode, or the one mm. before that. So yeah, it was yep. it was brought in uh, not too long ago. That that whole jammed state. Mm-hmm. It's kind of related, ish, I guess. Uh, MQTT alarm panels. Um, now support vacation mode so if you use that i believe phil i thought you did
1: uh, uh i was looking at so i you i do use the mqtt alarm panel um just because i don't have a, a real security system i use the alarm control panel in home assistant to denote you know the yeah. state of the home you know is someone home someone not home um just makes it easier for guest modes you know if someone comes yeah, over they yeah. can punch a code into home assistant and the house acts as if you know one of us is home without device trackers. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I am very, I'm a big fan of this vacation mode being added, and I, yeah, I think it was added in the last release. Um, to alarm panels in general, but now the MQTT alarm panel, which is custom for Home Assistant, um yeah. is there supported in to yeah for vacation mode. So if you do have an obscure alarm control panel that does support vacation mode, uh, and you do bring it into Home Assistant with MQTT, or if you like me, you just have an MPTT alarm control panel for the, the sake of it. Um, yeah, it's now supporting vacation, mode, which is pretty cool. That's great. Uh, breaking changes, uh, HomeKit. So a couple of HomeKit ones uh, this release, but mm-hmm. starting off with the actual HomeKit protocol itself. So the underlying HomeKit protocol version has changed from 1.0 to 1.1. So cameras with motion sensors and some other accessories may need to be reset using the reset underscore accessory service or unpaired and paired again. If after unpairing with your iOS, the QR code does not show, the pairings can manually be removed with the homekit.unpair service using the developer tools. So I'm guessing, yeah, there's a lot of um, changes being done with that HomeKit protocol. So just yeah, watch out for that. You may yeah. also see, yeah, I'm guessing it's just a, an underlying library that's changed, but Yeah, best to keep on top of it.
0: Um, Tesla Powerwall. So if you have one of these, um, one, I am jealous. (laughs) Two, (laughs) uh, there is a breaking change. Uh, So the attributes for energy exported in KW and energy imported in KW uh, have been converted to their own energy sensors. So it's not an attribute anymore. It is a sensor of its own. And that can then be used in the energy dashboard. There you go.
1: There you go. Cool. All right. Wink. So... I don't know why I haven't put maybe we've already talked about this, but Wink's gonna get I think we need, need to the roll the the Cloud Again music for this one. <laughs> The Wink integration has been deprecated and is pending removal in Home Assistant 2021.11. So their developer portal, which is needed for obtaining an API token, has been taken offline, and the Wink custom support has confirmed that no new API tokens and client secrets can be obtained. So it's now impossible to use the integration with Home Assistant. So bye-bye, Wink.
0: Yeah, that's, again, cloud. Um, yeah there's a lot of other there's a lot of other uh breaking changes as well um so even out, yeah yeah so have a look at the have a look at the release notes um because there are quite a few this release mm-hmm. um i know there was like lutron there's uh there's, there's a bunch so just have a look um but one last one um the homekit controller so not the homekit protocol itself but the controller so in there the air quality platform has uh, been removed from the HomeKit integration. So, as or it will be removed as of 2021.12. So, the December release will remove that uh, air quality platform, which is already deprecated technically. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but starting this release, uh, those air quality values have also been broken out as their own sensors, making them easier for you to incorporate into your like widgets and whatnot. That's
1: cool. Yeah. All right, Rohan. And of course, so I think we need to. Uh... Well, we announced last episode, or the last release episode, I should say, about a competition we're running. So if you want to win a chance for one year's worth of Nebukasa, which mm-hmm. Rohan and I will pay for out of our pockets, uh, yes. we are going to announce we're closing the entries on October 1st and we'll be announcing the winners in the next release episode, which will be for 2021.10. So if you do want to get in on that competition, haspodcast.io forward slash competition is where to enter. There's also a link on our homepage, and we'll have one in the show notes as well. Uh, but yeah, I'm really uh, pleased with the response we've had. Um, just so many people, as I said, we, <laughs> we're basically using this as a way to find some cool automations, and there's been some great ones. So we're going to pick out a couple that we, we thought were worthy of you know sharing around so far. I think uh, Johan in Sweden has got the poop button. Uh, So, when the children need help on the toilet, they press a button that sends a notification to my mobile and on the Google Home speakers that they need help. So,
0: yeah, just a little (laughs) button near the toilet. Say, hey, come help. I think that's awesome. That's right. Hopefully, you sanitize that button once in a while. Um, (laughs) But, Yes. Another one is uh Matheson in Canada. So hey Matheson, his favorite automation is going to bed, simply says I'm going to bed and basically locks the computer through event ghost, gives him two minutes to uh get upstairs before it turns off the lights and sets the light into uh sets the home into night mode, mm-hmm. which then starts disabling this uh speech notifications or like like the like the media yeah, player notifications or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And notifies them throughout the night if there's any motion downstairs. So that's pretty cool. Um, that's a nice so. uh, altogether all encompassing uh, good night kind of automation, mm. right? Uh, I like I like that it even locks the computer and stuff.
1: Yeah, I wonder what the uh, the logic was for giving him just two minutes to get upstairs because obviously he's got motion sensors downstairs. So I guess you could just say I'm going to bed, and then once the motion detectors have sense that there's no motion downstairs, then close everything down, maybe.
0: yeah i mean i I think it's just a easier just a personal choice yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) two minutes and, and and i mean two minutes is you know decent amount of time i think just depends i guess depends on your uh mobility and depends on whatever right so it's also like a fixed time though right like you've got that two minutes
1: that's only two minutes you get right like if you know you're sick or you know Whatever, or you walk into bed and you go, oh, there's a newspaper over there, and you get stuck reading an article, right? Like a clickbait article in the newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like, yeah, yeah. I guess you know, two minutes isn't variable, right? So uh, you sort of, it's a hard limit. But, you know. Yeah. But it makes sense,
0: right? you got a drop sign somewhere, so it's good.
1: Uh, Duncan in South Africa has said his favorite automation, uh, because it's pretty complicated and took him quite a while to get set up properly. Uh, is using the Amazon Echo to ask if you would like to close the curtains when either the TV or a light turns on during the day. So this is using the Amazon Echo Media Player component. The I'm not going to say her name, so I'm replacing Amazon Echo. The Amazon Echo Actionable Notifications, which are part of the Media Player component. And using Philips Hue, the LG WebOS component, and SwitchBot integrations. So, yeah. That's awesome. I uh, I do yeah, have nice. blinds automated as well. Uh, and I had them so that, you know, when you turn the TV on, um, you know, same thing during the day, the blinds would close. I guess it, going to that next level would be having the little lady in the Amazon Echo asking, hey, do you want me to close the blinds? Because, uh, you know, I prefer, you know, having the blinds closed when the TV's on, but not everyone in my house does. And right. I think, you know. Having those actionable notifications saying, hey, do you want me to close the blinds would actually be pretty handy. So, yeah, I, I really love this one. Yeah, no, it's awesome.
0: All right. So the last one we're going to we're going to talk about is Jacob in Denmark. Um, I actually really, really like this one. Um, so basically on our street, it's a tradition to celebrate birthdays um, of everyone uh, in the families of those that are living on the street. So basically everybody raises flags during the day of someone's birthday. So he's got a printed piece of paper that basically says, okay, here's all the dates throughout the year of somebody's birthday, but you have to remember to check it every morning. So you don't leave for work without raising the flag. You really don't want to be that guy. <laughs> uh, so then at sundown, though, you got to remember to lower the flag, whatever. Um, so basically what Jacob did is uh, put a MCU running ESP home inside uh, of their uh, fiberglass flagpole. And uh, with a switch connected to the M- uh, MCU basically sticking out of a hole, <laughs> they can just indicate it indicate if a flag is raised or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in Google Calendar, there's a copy um, in home Assistant, basically with you know uh, whatever uh, calendar entries to say flag raised or flag lowered.. Yep. Um, and then with a push uh, notification to uh, his wife to say and to him to say whose birthday it is. You know, so you can be that uh, you can be that uh, guy that remembers it, right? Uh, and make sure that they raise the flag and lower it again. Um, I just I just think this this one is just such a like a beautiful sense of community, whatever, right? Yeah, like it's absolutely. everybody's it's Somebody on your street's birthday, everybody raises a flag in your honor. Which yeah. i I just I don't know, something about that's really nice.
1: That's really cool.
0: Yeah, and, and it's funny because as uh jacob's last comment here is uh you know as as we've become the flag raising leaders on the street of the, the percentage of neighbors remembering to raise their flags has also gone up significantly which is great to behold and uh you know as you come home driving down the street and you know it's all because of you right so which is uh, <laughs> which is so awesome cool.
1: that uh, is really I, cool
0: yeah I just thought that one was really really wholesome so I really liked that one but uh keep those coming um you know we we will be picking a winner on the first these are just a few that we liked so far we there's actually quite a few we liked so far yeah, so but it was gonna be hard yeah for the sake of uh for the sake of the episode we just uh and for brevity we just kind of picked these four but yeah so
1: Rohan uh yeah, So that's the competition done with um any exciting news happening? With your home assistant installation, how's your <laughs> moving of? Has your delivery driver detection coming? It's
0: it's it's a monthly monthly check in. Uh, it is you. exactly where it's been for the last ever. Um, I think I think it, it's interesting because I've been I've been reading. Um, there's a couple of things. It sounds like like even like um, Blue Iris has like deep stack integration built mm. in and things like that. So I might actually look at not doing um this. Not that I have been doing this. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but maybe looking at doing something like that, um, I I don't I don't know. It's one of those things where right now I've got so much stuff going on. This is just on not even the back burner. It's behind the back burner, and uh, but yeah, yeah, I understand. It's fine. I'll keep bugging about it though. I I, I I want you
1: to get it done so then I can just take your code basically.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's 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 the silliest thing, right? And and the entire thing was for me to learn about uh, a little bit about. you know, like image recognition and doing mm. that kind of thing. But um, I've read enough about it where I think I, I understand how it works. And so now I'm like, ah, how do I care to do it? <laughs> but I think I think I will. Again, it's just a matter of time. So, so randomly, oh, I, and I was talking to you
1: about this offline. But I, I find I, I just found it. One, I didn't know this feature existed in general. Um, uh, but so we've talked about the. I, so I'm running Mac on my uh, computer OS. And mm-hmm. you know, I know there's the you now there's a Home Assistant app for Mac OS. Uh, we talked about it previously on the podcast. I haven't installed it because you know, once again, right? Like, life goes on, and I just haven't got around to installing it. And so the other day, I was actually I just upgraded to the beta um, for us to te- for to run this episode, like for this episode, so I actually could sound like I know what I'm talking about when we're going through some of these release notes. And up in the address bar, because I use Chrome slash Brave, Mm -hmm. I noticed, oh, hey, there's, like, install app. Like, what does that mean? Like, is it somehow, Home this isn't telling, you know, my browser that there is a macOS app available? So, like, well, let's click it, right? And what it actually did was it actually popped out, um, you know, uh, the Chrome tab, into its own, and it comes up as right. it looks like another app on you know my macOS dock. You know, it's just a little self-contained version of the Home Assistant UI. And this is probably like people yeah. will probably listening to this and being like, "How can you call yourself a web developer if you didn't know this thing was r- real, right?" But <laughs> I just thought this was so cool. Um, and I literally now have a little Home Assistant icon uh, running in my dock. Uh, and there's Home Assistant yep. running, so very cool. Um, that's my little win yeah, for the week. So- I can not believe it.
0: So so I don't think I don't think it's the same as the app app because I think the app No, no, definitely not 100% not like into it.
1: Yeah. Because the other app will have, you know, like notifications and you know probably presence and all that. This thing has yes. no access to my OS. It is literally like a browser Correct. tab just lit sitting in my dock on the on the computer. Yeah, yeah like so, Chrome Chrome app mode or whatever yeah, it's called. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, but cool to see that that was available in Nimbus, no, just, just a little button, press it down. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take that as a win. Very impressed. So if you so if you were like me and didn't know that's there and you are running Chrome, uh, add it in. I recommend it.
0: But when when we looked, I I didn't have that, and I do have the beta installed as well. So um,
1: I don't think it was a beta thing. Around, I think it's just your computer. It's just too.
0: it's just yeah. I think I think it's literally just a oh, what's it called? It's the it's the browser looking at it yeah. as a. Hey, this can be a standard. Were you
1: kind of using, um, out of curiosity, were you using Nebukasa to look at your,
0: or using your local IP address to get access to it? Um, internally, I use my local one.
1: Yeah, because I was running it through the UI.Nabucasa, like link. Maybe uh, that has something to do with it, because maybe it needs to be like a HTTPS domain for it to work. I don't know. I've literally I just discovered it this week, so you probably know more than me.
0: Hmm, that's interesting, actually. Let me try and do that. Um, so I'm going in through my external, and I still don't see it. Let me try. I've got to find my Nebukase URL. i never know it because it's complicated on purpose. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> I think that was by design, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. Is that, I think that might be, um like, br- browser uh, It's a browser. Yeah, it's 100%. Yeah. It's a browser thing. Um, so in your profile, you can choose, you know, what theme to use, and you can yeah. have it...
0: Yeah, so I'm guessing it must be like a cookie slash browser setting. Yeah, yeah, I'm almost 100 percent sure that's what it is. But it's just it's just funny because every time uh, that's what happens. But yeah, no, I even even logging in through Nabucasa, I don't have it. Oh, I got it on my. Um, so I, I have a I have a external just a domain mm-hmm. as well. Um, I got it on my domain. I didn't get it on Nabucasa. Uh, oh, I did that- get it on Nabucasa now. It just took a little bit. Okay, great. So I guess maybe it is an external uh, external thing. I yeah, still don't so have it on my internal one. I have a, I've had it open for a while. Yeah, so it must be
1: like, yeah, must need either HTTPS mm-hmm. or just not an internal domain, which, you know, that's fine. Um, but very cool, highly recommend. I will have to. I think this has reminded me, though, that I do need to get that macOS app, start getting some better visibility into my computer and
0: yeah I you, you know what I, i've it. had it for a while it is actually pretty cool you get to see a lot of stuff um mm-hmm. but i keep forgetting to open it <laughs> like it's just it's it's maybe maybe that's what it, like like for me just by default because i'm maybe it's just i'm just so used to going yeah. to um my url right just open my browser and yep. and yep. you know type in whatever
1: but that's the same. Like I have Home Assistant as a like the first bookmark in my browser, right? So it's always just a click away. Yeah. Um. So it's really hard to you know have to remember to Alt Tab to get into the other the other window there.
0: Exactly. Um. But the UI looks pretty similar. Um. It actually looks closer to the mobile app. So you even have the little app configuration button and everything uh, down there. Nice. Yeah. Um, Cause I've, I've, I downloaded this a while ago, Um, but, uh, but yeah, it is, it is, it's pretty nice. Uh, I know, I know we had Paulus come on talk about it and, 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 you know, me half realizing what it is. I was like, yeah, it's kind of cool. And Paulus was like, what do you mean kind of cool? And, uh, (laughs) and, uh, but then, but he did, he did, uh, he did talk about some of the other things that it brings in, which is, which is actually pretty cool. So again, things like having the ability to monitor, Hey, is this laptop on or off or stuff Mm -hmm. like that? And do stuff based on that. Right. I mean. Just simply, I mean, even, even uh one of the automations we talked about earlier, which is Matheson's automation, he you know, he talked about, yeah, you know, I use this app to lock my computer, blah, blah, blah. I don't think this will be able to lock your computer or do any of those kind of things, but at least it brings in a little bit of visibility into it. Yep. Um, or it's on or it's been the uptime has been so long or whatever. Um again, I don't I don't personally use the app for that, but if you do, that's even better. Yeah. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Uh, <laughs> Wouldn't miss it for the world, mate. All right. I think that is well, I think that we're going to call that a wrap. Yeah.
1: But yes, don't forget, if you want a chance to get us to pay for Nabucaster for you for one year, haspodcast.io for such competition. We will be announcing the winner in the next release episode. Uh, so, yeah, competition entries close October 1st. Get on it. That's right. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. If you want to share your home assistant journey or come on as a guest, reach out to us at feedback at haspodcast.io. That's H-A-S-S
0: podcast.io. The Home Assistant Podcast is hosted by Phil Hawthorne and myself, Rohan Karamandi. For links to topics we discussed today, check out our show notes on haspodcast.io.